The New York Jets continuously court Aaron Rodgers. But what happens if they don't land him? We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over at the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, I got champion. I got a champion with me so we can talk championship things. My guy, Keith Sanchez. And you can find him on Twitter at the talent code as well. Keith, talk to him, baby. Man, what's up, man? This is Keith Sanchez, Senior Draft Analyst at TheDraftNetwork.com, man. And like DP always cues up, 2019 National Champion. But DP, you know we're here, man. We're here to talk championship-level things, and this is surrounding the NFL draft, man. So whether that's draft prospects, perspectives, or philosophies, but DP, before we get started, man, uh, we have three really good topics, man. We're talking New York Jets. We're talking Atlanta Falcons. We're talking Washington Commanders. But before we get started, man, go ahead and kick them off with one of our sponsors. Yeah, man. This episode is brought to you today by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more uh, with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. The Jets have been courting Aaron Rodgers pretty much this entire offseason, right? We, we thought it was going to be Derek Carr, and then things didn't go the way. You know, they even told Derek Carr, man, you could be a Hall of Famer, right? And we thought, oh, well, they, they really are in on Derek Carr. But now it's they, their eyes are solely focused on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Keith, what happens if they don't get Aaron Rodgers? How do they approach the draft, though? Right, so I, I think that – so this – kind of comes off of the Alan Lazard signing, right? They signed Alan Lazard. So for everyone, that was a key moment saying, hey, that's another piece, you know, to kind of fill out this Aaron Rodgers kind of wish list, right? He kind of put a wish list out there of things he wants. Um, and you signed Alan Lazard, but I'll talk about this from, from the perspective of Alan Lazard fitting in with this team. I think it's a great fit because Alan Lazard is six today, listed at 6'5", 200 pounds, right? And you have Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore who are both sub six foot, 190 pounds, you know, on, on their best day, right? So I think it's a good complimentary piece because they have Corey Davis, but Corey Davis is inconsistent. But Alan Lazard, to me, he's consistently what he is, right? And so even without Aaron Rodgers, I think this is a good fit. And I think, honestly, now you're talking about Garrett Wilson, you're talking about Elijah Moore, you're talking about Alan Lazard, you're talking about the two tight ends that they have. I think from a draft perspective, you're like, okay, cool. If we swing and miss on this Aaron Rodgers situation, we're still locked and loaded to go get a young quarterback to fit into this situation. No, I, I agree, and I love that from the aspect of, like you talked about how Alan Lazard fits with the receivers, you know, having Elijah Moore, especially if the Aaron Rodgers trade doesn't go down, right? You still, you would keep Elijah Moore, who's been rumored to be a part of that trade, you know, instead of bringing in a Randall Cobb. You keep Elijah Moore, you have Garrett Wilson. Well, you know how they, we always talk about building your receiver court like a basketball team. Well, Alan Lazard is going to be your post player. 
yeah. while you know Garrett Wilson is going to be that slashing two guard, and, and you can use Elijah Moore as that point guard, right? He can keep the offense, uh, you know, as that slot machine, keep the offense above the chains and, and keep it rolling, keep it in rhythm, right? As an outlet or quick option for the uh, for the quarterback. So I, I think if they do not land Aaron Rodgers, what should they do? I think they they, they you package picks. Right. And I think you move up and you go get a CJ Stroud, Keith. I think that's that's the move. Now, I, I don't get me wrong, because of the because he's used to this style of offense, Will Levis could work too, but Will Levis is is similar to Anthony Richardson. You know, you can say he's a project, right? He he may take a little time. Um, so but but his knowledge of the system, the verbiage, the play calls, and things of that nature, Keith, I think that itself um would, would bode well for him and his development. And then having all those weapons, because then, you know, we heard at Kentucky, he didn't have a lot of weapons. We would walk into an offense chock full of them. Brees Hall at running back, Michael Carter at running back. You know, they got multiple tight ends, you know, and he's a mobile guy. You know, so you can feature him in the run game, the deep boot action. You know, I always talked about I, I would love to use him similar to how the Chargers have done at times with Justin Herbert. You know, the run, with the run game, the deep boot action, naked boots, and get him booted wide and deep where he can just throw and launch the ball at all three levels of the defense and be away from pressure. So I think, you know, either one of those two quarterbacks would really fit uh, this offense and, and what they want to do, especially C.J. Stroud as being the best pure passer in this class. Yeah, so I, I want to invoke another name, man, Bryce Young. I, I'm I'm starting to like this fit a little bit more more right. I think they need to address the offensive line more, but I'm I'm starting to like this. And and from the perspective of Bryce Young was at his best when he had receivers, right? And and I mean that's any quarterback. So he, mm-hmm. you know you give him Elijah Moore, you give him Garrett Wilson, and then you also give him Alan Lazard, a veteran, and then he has two good tight ends on his roster. So I I think Bryce Young could be in play here also. Now they're going to have to move up. Right. I, Bryce Young is not going to fall all the way, I think, to pick 15. I think the Jets have. So he won't fall all the way that down. But you think about Bryce Young in this situation, that's pretty good. And then you have Brees Hall in the backfield. You know, so there are pieces there for Bryce Young to work with. And then, I mean, hey, you're talking about I, I think this would be the safest quarterback selection that the New York Jets have had in the past couple of years, right? Because I think Sam Darnold, in my opinion, there were a lot of highs, there were a lot of lows, right? You could you could have very well got a Pro Bowl Sam Darnold, and you could have very well got this version of Sam Darnold that you got when you watched the college film. Unfortunately, they got this version of Sam Darnold when they drafted him. Same thing with Zach Wilson, right? You could have got a Pro Bowl, but you could have got this version of Zach Wilson. They keep getting the worst versions of the quarterbacks that they select. <laughs> That's a New York Jet thing. I have no idea. So I think drafting a guy like Bryce Young, who's back-to-back years has been the best quarterback in college football getting a guy like that just to kind of right the ship because let's be honest dp new york jets fans and just overall people saying what man they just need somebody to right the ship right we're not saying we need somebody to go out and throw 50 touchdowns we just need somebody to kind of keep us on track jets fans feel as though from last year if they had you know just a, a competent quarterback play or if they maybe if they had played mike white the entire season they feel like they would have made it to the playoffs and this offense would have been much better so i definitely like the move um you know them signing Allen Lazar because it opens up other things to where i don't think they're just aaron Rodgers away they're now other quarterbacks that you can invoke and it may be a rookie quarterback but dp listen man we're talking quarterbacks right we know that the new orleans saints man they made a splash pick by going well splash signing by going get um free agent Derek carr but I want to talk about there's another NFC South team, man, that's kind of looming out there that's making these key acquisitions. And we want to get into that coming up next. 
The number one sports book in America is FanDuel. And guys, if you are a new customer, that's good news for you because you will get the chance to have a first no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. It's very easy, guys. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Uh, you can build everything from money line, the point spreads, uh, player props, even basketball. You're talking about player points, rebounds, assists, uh, you know, all of those things, right? Like I said, money line spread, all of it but you also can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays so all you have to do because you don't want to miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets just go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel keith i think the biggest thing when it comes down to the atlanta falcons man you look at what they've done and so far in free agency, and I love I loved everything that they've done so far, right? A lot of talk was, hey, go get, you know, Lamar Jackson, right? And while that I, I understood the concept, I was like, man, this team has too many holes to do that. So right. you look at what they've done. They resigned uh, one of their edge rushers, um, Lorenzo Carter. They've uh, sent a seven-round pick for uh, John Lou Smith for tight end, right? Resigned their best offensive lineman, Chris Lindstrom. Signed from the New Orleans Saints, David Onyemata on the defensive line. Went and got Jesse Bates III from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the safety. Signed Caden Ellis uh, to be a linebacker. But pass rush does a lot of different things. Caleb, uh, Taylor Heineke from the Washington Commanders to help be that veteran voice behind Desmond Ritter. And then re-signing their right tackle, which was big, and Caleb McGarry. Keith, I, I, I look at it from this aspect. Sitting at number eight, what do they do? If Jalen Carter falls, you've addressed the D lines, you know, so far in this in this free agency. Do you go? I mean, could I be, you know, me? I was never on the. You, that, you, that, you, that, that's that's what we're about to get into. We're about you to get into. We're not we not avoiding this conversation, DP. We are not <laughs> avoiding this, man. So now, looking at this Atlanta Falcons roster, mm-hmm. if I tell you there may be a running back from Texas named Bijan Robinson sitting there mm-hmm. at number eight. And a head coach, Arthur Smith, who's worked with Derrick Henry, that runs the football. You have a young quarterback. Are you buying into the Bijan Robinson smoke with the Atlanta Falcons at number eight now? I'm a little more optimistic about leaning into it. Okay, but- we work. Listen, we working. I could take that. We working. We almost there. Listen, Atlanta Falcons continue to sign some guys, fill out this roster, and listen. I'll tell you by draft day. I think we are gonna have DP on board, man. <laughs> if, if they keep doing all these things on defense, man, I, I might not have a choice but to lean into it full. You know, just lean all the way into it, like Fat Joe. Lean back into it, man. I, I think the the thing that gets me, Keith, is like, okay, the Jalen Carter situation, right? If he falls to eight. You, what do they do? Like, I'm yeah. sitting there looking at, all right, you got David on your mind, you got some help for Grady Jarrett, but do you pass up on the Jalen Carter if he's there at eight? Or do you be like, okay, we've addressed the, the D-line, we don't need – I'm like, I don't know if you don't need Jalen Carter. I was, yeah, I, I don't, I, that, that's, a, that's a tough sell. Or the top corner on the board, right? Because they'll be at eight, so the top one or two corners could still be there um, to pair with a A.J. Terrell, which is so tantalizing to me. It's so intriguing to put a Christian Gonzalez or a Devin Witherspoon opposite the A.J.T., man. So that, that's where I'm stuck at because I'm like, all right, if, if you feel comfortable passing on Jalen Carter for Bijan, that's a hard sell for me. But right. if you can, if, if you feel comfortable with it, if you have like addressed, I'm gonna tell you, Kim, I'm gonna throw this out. The Eagles releasing uh Darius Slay, the Falcons still have some, they still have money. Keith, 
Like yeah. you talking, you want to get me on that Bijan Robinson train? This is how you do it. <laughs> you go get Darius Slay and pay that money to Slay. Big play Slay, right? You go get him, and now you got AJ Terrell, Darius Slay, and those younger corners who who are better suited for that cornerback three and four role. Now it's like, okay, Bijan at eight. I don't hate it. Yeah, okay. Look, we I told you we coming around. We coming around, man. So I'm gonna talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they filled out this roster, man, because like you said, going into the draft, it was like, man, sitting at pick eight, y'all can pick anything, right? You can go corner, safety, linebacker, edge rusher, wide receiver, everything. Yeah, wide receiver, you can go everything. So they're doing a good job of filling out this roster. And as we talked about, I think what in our episode two episodes ago about the usage of free agency and the mm-hmm. purpose of it. And so now you continue to fill this roster out. So when you hit draft day, the Atlanta Falcons are still in position to where you take best player available, I believe. And that's been my argument with the Bijan Robinson case, right? That listen, instead of taking a third corner, take Bijan Robinson, right? Like right. We, we can sign some other guys through free agency. Like you say, make a play at big play slate, right? We can do some things like that. But I do agree that if Christian Gonzalez or Jalen Carter is still sitting there, then I, I think the Falcons should probably go that way. And that's only because this is a deep running back class and they should be able to hop in, you know, round two, round three, uh, whenever their next draft compensation, what their draft pick is. Uh, but looking at it from this perspective too, man, those signings, they also took those players from the Saints, right? So you talk right. about a double whammy, talking about an in-division rival signing two of your, um, well, two of the Saints players, right? And then so they're, they've gotten worse on their defensive front. And then now you've gotten better. You've become more well-rounded. So I think the Atlanta Falcons are doing a good job of building this roster out. And then now through the draft, they can just add a couple pieces. And who knows in the in NFC South that I think the Saints made a stake in a claim by signing Derek Carr that will be the top of this division, right? But the Falcons, if they continue just to build out this roster – you just want to make it competitive, right? Like, you yeah. know, these rivalry games, these in-division in, in games, they become tough anyway. So you just want to have those pieces that you say, you know what? We want to go into the game. The spread is, you know, three, four points or something like that, and we have a shot. Or we can at least split it, right? They win at home, we win at our house, and we call it a split um, a split series and see where it goes from that. So, DP, I, I, I like what the Falcons did. And from a draft perspective, I just say keep adding on blue chip prospects because I'll be honest, man. A couple years ago, Terry Fontenot, from a draft perspective, I was a little nervous. And this is a guy that, man, during my time at LSU, I had an opportunity. He came to LSU, and he spoke to us, like, just, you know, in our personnel office. Um, we spoke. We talked about everything. Very intelligent guy. Very bright guy. Very calculated guy. But I have to say, I was a little nervous that first year. I'm like, I'm like, Mr. Fontenot, what we doing here, baby? What, what are we doing? But, man, very smart person. Well deserving of the GM job, man. One of the, the brightest minds in football period in the entire NFL. So he, I think he he he's on the right track now as far as gotta get more gotta get some more receiving weapons too because I like what yeah. you said about building this roster up because if you a lot of people looked at it like man he did they didn't play Desmond Ritter until the last four games because they didn't believe in him right. And but everything I heard out of the building was that's why they they but they believed in them. That's why they kept them out and let Mar, you know let Marcus Mariota get majority of the snaps so they can work behind the scenes with Ritter and having him die you know really know this offense you know through and through when he finally took over. And I think like as you, to your point of building this off building this deep, this team up right the roster you want to make it to where the young quarterback in his first year doesn't feel like he has to step out of the phone booth and you know what I mean as Superman. 
right? There's some games he can just be Kent Clark. He can just have the glasses on, the business suit and the tie, and just go about business like a normal day. He doesn't have to come out and be Superman and, and, and have 500 total yards from offense. And, and truthfully, that's what Desmond Ritter is, right? If we're being honest, right, like that's what Desmond Ritter was at Cincinnati. He was, you know, a guy that he, he, he was a well-calculated guy, right? He understood the offense. He was a winner. Um, you trust him. But this was a guy that we never envisioned throwing 500 yards and, you know, being yeah. Patrick Mahomes one day. But did I envision him, like, in the right situation, being a starting quarterback that can win games, that can gut some things out? Yes. And I think if they continue to build this roster out like they're doing, Desmond Ritter can fall right into that. And then guess what? You get to keep your assets. You don't have to trade everything for Lamar Jackson. And you can continue to build through the draft, have a young team that's grooming with your young quarterback and have a, a bright future, man. Uh, but look, we we talked, we went, what, AFC East with the Jets. We went NFC South with the Falcons. But you know you got to talk about the NFC East, man. And look, the Dallas Cowboys, they made a splash acquisition yesterday, but we're going to talk about the NFC East team that's making some quiet acquisitions um, that can really shift the, uh, the NFC East. The Washington Commanders have had a successful, in my opinion, Keith, a successful offseason thus far, getting Eric Bieniemy as their assistant head coach, their, their offensive coordinator, and making the move to have, you know, to keep Deron Payne and, you know, and having Sam Howell as your 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 quarterback of 2023, but also they went ahead and, and signed. Uh, I think it was yesterday Andrew Wiley, the right tackle who played for the Chiefs. So he's bringing a championship uh, type of uh, mentality to this team and, and and some leadership in the locker room. What does this do for their draft plans? Because this, that was a position that we were expecting them to have to address early, Keith. Yeah, I mean it's I don't know if it alters a whole lot because while the commanders have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, and that's because they've invested so much into it, right? Like every draft for the past five years seems like they went draft picks and money. Yeah. Draft picks and money. So uh, I I think their issues while they, they solved the the offensive tackle situation, they still have some of the same issues, meaning that this defensive backfield, it, it needs improvement, like vast improvements. They, they still, I think they're still on a ball for corner. They're still on the board for safety, and they just simply need team speed, right? So I think in the first two rounds, man, the, the Washington Commanders, they need a double down. They need to go corner, and then they need to draft a guy like Trenton Simpson, linebacker from Clemson, right? If you can get him in the second round, one of those hybrid safety type uh, linebackers, and, and he reminds me, and I'll, I'll give Washington Commanders and just our listeners, period, just kind of an insight into him. I think he's the best version of Landon Collins, right? When Landon mm-hmm. Collins started to walk into the box and do some of those hybrid type situations, I think he's that. But Landon moved down into the box later in his career when people were saying, oh, he couldn't cover as well, right? Yeah. Trent Simpson is young. This guy can still roll. He can still run. I think he put down a 4-4 at the combine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, foot speed, he's, I think he's faster than Landon Collins, right? Yeah. I don't think Landon Collins ran a 4-4. So you're talking about getting a souped up, Landon Collins version-esque type football player. So I think that they should take that route, right? Just continue to address this defensive backfield um, or, you know, hybrid players and things like that. They have to address, because we talked about this, that the front end and the back end has to work with each other. Now, you can have this souped-up defensive line and all these investments, but guess what? If you can't cover on the back end, it doesn't matter, right? You want the quarterback to be able to hold on the ball for three seconds, and then you want your D-line to get there in under three three seconds. So it has to be a symbiotic relationship. And as of now, it's not. I think it's all on the defensive line 
to get there and the defensive backfield is not performing as well. Yeah, that, that's that's been the, the the Achilles heel is the defensive backfield. You know, they got two good safeties in Cam Curl and uh, Derek Forrest, but the cornerback situation, you had William Jackson who they cut, and you had, you had Fuller, and, and they now they 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 signed um, Cam Dantzler who was cut by the Vikings. Um, you know, you know who's a young corner. You know, has played some solid ball, but. He just never got up to being consistent with 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 the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So no, 100%. I think you look at a Joey Porter Jr. Uh, you, you think about potentially a Keeley Ringo. It, it really depends on the scheme that they want to continue to play. If they're going to play a lot more zone, Keith, I think that will be um, that. I think Keeley Ringo could fit that right. A guy that can you know run and and carry routes vertical. But if he's playing that kind of half zone turn, cover three, bail drop situation, I think that works for him as well. But I mean. It's, it's crazy enough. I, I think they, I think they could still look at O line at the left guard spot. Are maybe you John Michael Schmitz? Yeah, I have a question. So, is, is this a team that would be in play for running back or wide receiver, or do you think they're totally good with Jahan Dotson and um, I don't know why Terry McLaurin? On. Yeah, and Terry McLaurin team. Yeah, like, do think, you think I they're think totally they're good. good with that? Like from yeah. from that perspective, do they need a running back? Like, or are you good with rolling in with B Rob next year because? I mean, I, I thought Brian Robinson was a solid running oh, back, yeah. but we talk about elite level running back play. I don't think that was his. Like, or do they find a running back in the mid round? Like, I think Brian Robinson is a perfect complimentary piece, right? But yeah. you find another guy that can kind of complement what he does. Crazy enough, they just cut JD McKissick. So it's like that was their pass catching back. But so I'm wondering now, you have, like you said, Brian Robinson's more of a complimentary piece. You have Antonio Gibson, who played wide receiver at Memphis, who is in the body of a running back. So he can do a lot of the things in the passing game that you want, right? Like Ron Rivera, when he drafted the kids, said, I see some Christian McCaffrey in him. That's how that was high praise. That set the way too high for that kid. Because <laughs> then everybody's like, well, you're not using like Christian yeah. McCaffrey, Ron. So it's like, I think if they, but by cutting McKissick, if they keep Robinson and um in my guy, I think the best thing for them to do with, with Antonio, like, Use them both, right? Like, use them as a two-headed monster and, and just be, you know, use Gibson in that way, guys. I think that's probably the best thing for him. But, Keith, I, I will say the one spot that they, they definitely need to, to address, to me, is tight end as well. I feel like there's a lot of teams that need to address tight end in this draft. Yeah, I, <laughs> and that's why you talk about this draft with tight ends, man. I wonder if teams are going to have to get aggressive with them because so many teams need tight ends. And then guess what? Eric Bieniemy just came from the Kansas City Kansas Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Where they had probably – I mean, he, he may go down as the best tight end of all time in Travis yeah. Kelsey. very strong so, chance of that. I want to see if I, this, in matter of fact, you're talking about the Giants getting Darren Waller. I would have thought that the, the commanders would have been more in on that move. Uh, but maybe they draft mm. the tight end in the first two rounds and go get one of these dynamic guys, um, you know, that could simply make plays. Our, our guy out of Oregon State, I think. Um, yeah, Luke Musgrave. Blake, yeah. yeah, Luke Musgrave. I think he's definitely a guy to be in play for the uh, Washington. He would fit yeah. well with Sam Howell in that big arm, wants to push yeah. the ball downfield, off the play action, off the zone read type stuff, RPO game. Man, I, I, I think they can, as much as, and don't get me wrong, I think they need to go get corner. Now, if I'm them as well, we just talked about in the last segment with the Falcons, if you're Washington, how about you go get Darius Slay, right? Like, yeah. how about you go get no, Slay I, and make, make Jalen Hurts have to throw against Slay twice a season? Yeah, and I, I agree with that because I think this. At the end of the day, you probably want to go offensive line if you feel really good about it. Well, Broderick Jones or something like that, mm -hmm. right? You you put him there because you went all in on Sam Howell. 
So you ha he has to have the pieces around to where you feel like, okay, I get a good perspective on who he is as a quarterback. You don't want to throw him in there. He plays an entire season. And then you can say like, ah, did we really give him the pieces? You want to yeah. figure that thing out right now because guess what? Drake May is sitting there around that area right at North Carolina. Then you got <laughs> Caleb Williams. You have Spencer Rattley. You have – like there's going to be a deep quarterback class. So you don't want to be that team that doesn't know if they need a quarterback yet. You want to be right. fully confident in what you can – you know, what your quarterback is. And if you need to go get one, go ahead and get one. Like there's no in-between from that perspective. Not at all, guys. Listen, that is our show, family. We we appreciate y'all tuning in as always, man. Having some good good discussions. They're still waiting on Aaron Rodgers to make his decision, which we anticipate will be soon uh, when he meets with Pat McAfee, and then we'll talk about it on the next episode, whatever decision that may be. But you know, guys, as always, find us on your on your favorite and local audio podcasting apps. Subscribe, download, share, uh, leave a five star review. Get go on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, like, leave a comment, as well as hit the, uh, the the bell notification so you can come and enjoy everything with us, all of the content that we have. And want to give a shout-out, guys. I'm telling you right now, you want to tap in to the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino from Locked On Bills and Locked On Dolphins, tapping into all things NFL, salary cap, roster construction, all of it. If you're into that type of information, man, those two guys are really great at really breaking it down and making it understandable, uh, easy to understand for everyone. As always, guys, we thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Drafts your first listen today. Stay tuned tomorrow for more free agency slash draft discussion. Hopefully some Aaron Rodgers news for Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL on Twitter as well. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.